Welcome to another episode of News Points on the Air, a production of the North American Division of Seventh-day Adventists. I'm your host, Milan Medley. We're in the middle of the holiday season. It's a time filled with the spirit of Christmas and celebration of Jesus's birth. And with gift giving as a central theme for this time of year, many look for more ways to become more service oriented. With this episode, I wanted to highlight a ministry operating in the heartland of the United States, known as the Renewed Hope Food Pantry. The weekly operation is a service of the New Haven Seventh-day Adventist Church, located in the greater area of Kansas City in Kansas. And this service was literally designated as an essential service by its local government officials. The church's pastor, Mark Tamalea, is here to talk about how the church went from serving 300 people a week to more than 3,000 due to the effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Can you briefly describe the history of the Renewed Hope Pantry? Yeah, so in fact, uh, here in 2021 in January, we're going to be celebrating our 10 year anniversary for the food pantry. Um, So nine years ago, um, approximately, you know, the food pantry started in a closet and uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a good sized church, but we would, we would have as a lot of churches experience on Sabbath mornings, uh, people would come in, they'd ask for foods, They'd ask for gas money. They'd ask for cash, you know, things of that nature. So um, a pastor, Shonda Nunez, and some church members um, took it upon themselves. They started buying some bags of groceries, some non-perishable items, and they were just kind of set up because we didn't want to give cash away. Um, um, So instead, they started handing out bags of food. And it started there and it went from that closet, uh, grew to a room, then it's a couple rooms. And then eventually, you know, nine years later, it's grown to um, the the way the church is set up. It's half of this hallway of the school is built, uh, the church is built where they bought an elementary school. They built a church building can onto it. So it's in one of the hallways that's been dedicated to the, to the food pantry in serving the community. So it's, it's grown quite a bit. And, and uh, most recently during the pandemic, you know, the operation has definitely increased. So, um, you know, so it went from a few people, a pastor who had a heart for serving the people with a couple members to, you know, every week we do about a hundred volunteers, you know, wow. Yeah, and we're going to get more into that, how the operation has grown, um, because you're, you're fairly new. You're about a year or two at this. When did you come to New Haven? Yep, I, I, it's two years now yeah. that I've been here at uh, New Haven Church. Yep. Awesome. So when did, speaking of the pandemic, when did you start to see the effects of the pandemic with the people or start to see maybe more people wanting what you provide directly related to, you know, the pandemic? Yeah, I, I think that, you know, probably immediately when the, when our first stay at home orders came in, 
there in March. I think that was across the country, but different states were all, you know, um, um, applying that stay at home order, asking people to stay at home and that, that um, you know, only essential businesses would, would be open. And so right then and there around that time, you know, people weren't working, businesses were closed for the stay at home order. I mean, immediately uh, the increase quadrupled uh, of people that were normally coming to our food pantry every week, you know, about 300 was what we normally uh, served. 300 people and it immediately increased to right now we're averaging about 3,000 um you know people so my math isn't so good but that's probably (laughs) (laughs) mine isn't that great either so we'll just roll with it um but to already serve 300 people by itself that's a lot on a weekly basis 300 is a lot of people but to go from that to 3,000 that's substantial and because of that jump is that part of the reason why um kansas city officials called you guys or labeled you guys as an essential service when did that come to be yeah actually when the stay-at-home order came out you know it's being announced on on uh, social media um on the website and definitely on the local news channel um you know, so we were unsure of what that meant. So stay at home orders and we had the discussion in our own um, uh, pantry board. Hey, um, do we still stay open? Um, you know, we're still serving the community. People rely on this food every week. And so we made some phone calls. We made phone calls to our partners that um, Harvesters is our big partner. Um, but we also made some phone calls to our local city officials, just trying to, but we couldn't get a hold of a lot of people, but, um, a phone call that I had made to the local city, um, was, you know, immediately returned and I had left a message with them. I had sent them an email, but it was immediately returned and they called me. Um, and, and she said, this lady, this very nice lady was on the phone. She said, uh, Pastor Mark, I said, yes. And and she said, oh, yes, yes, you are definitely an essential um, organization and we need you to stay open. Um, We've deemed your church as an essential business to our city in this area. So, you know, that confirmed what we needed to hear. Um, to move forward with the mission of serving the food in the community. And then our partners, you know, who supply us the food, um, you know, it's it's Walmart, it's Sam's Club, it's Costco, it's all the grocery stores, uh, Price Chopper and different stores of that nature. We work with a lot of different uh, stores that provide the food that we get. Um, and so we continued that coordination and uh, everything just from that point on, with everybody closing, I think, I think probably the bigger thing was we weren't ready to, we weren't that big yet, but what happened was, you know, I, you know, I really say this is a God thing, but, but some people before me in my two years here had this vision to serve the community. And so there were things already in place that when the need for for us to grow when the our partners called and they said, hey, listen, 
we've got a ton of food. Some of it is going bad. We need to get it out to the people. Um, we've got grants that are coming into us and we need to get it, you know, so we've got all this food. Can you increase your output from what we normally do? And we're going to quadruple that, you know, so we were getting about, you know, 5,000 pounds of food, 10,000 to about 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 pounds of food. So we were kind of already in place. We weren't serving a lot of people yet. But when they asked us that question, I, our answer has always been absolutely. And then we went back and then we started praying and planning and it's like, how are we going to do this? And so that's that's exactly what we ended up doing. So we moved forward with that. We changed the logistics of some of what we some of what we normally do. And that's how we were able to increase that way. So I say that to say that, you know, we didn't know exactly what our potential was to be mm -hmm. able to do this. Mm -hmm. But I always say, you know, because people are like, oh, pastor, wow, you're doing such good work and you've done this. And it, it is good work. But there were these visionaries way before me who said, man, we've got to start this. We've got to build this. And it was built to grow. And so it so when it came time for the need in the community, we were able to step up and help out and be a part of that answer for the community. Wow, I love that. It was built to grow. And so with that growth, you know, when you mentioned like 10,000, 30,000 in terms of pounds of food, that's really hard for me to conceptualize or to visualize like, wow, you know, I'm just imagining like crates and everything. But can we get into the day to day operations of managing all that food of coordinating with all those stores of, you know, getting the word out? Can you give a day to day a schedule of how you guys manage all that? Yeah, so so what I what I'll say is, I'll I'll kind of work backwards. On Tuesday is our big mobile pantry. We give out all the food that we get. We don't hold on to any of it um, because we are confident in the supply of food that's going to come as soon as we give out all this food on Tuesday. So immediately the next day, sometimes even Tuesday afternoon we start our volunteers and kind of have a structure in place. They start collecting food. You know, we've got, like I said, you know, uh, volunteers, you know, close to a hundred of them. They have their routine and routes. They go, you know, just, just, you know, you know, 60 year old lady that's, you know, she, her job is to go to these three grocery stores hmm. three times a week and she picks up bread. That's her job. She has a key. She comes in. There's a system in place. She puts it in different cooling rooms. And so there's a lot of that. So right away on Tuesday, we start collecting food again after we've given out. Wednesday, Thursday, you know, we're picking up, picking up a couple thousand, a few thousand of food. We go and pick them up. And, and so there's all these different places that we pick up and we just gather. And Sabbath, you know, we're gathering. Sunday, we're gathering. Monday, we're gathering. And on Tuesday, we get rid of all of the food. And then we start the process all over again. And so it involves a lot of dedicated people who, um, you know, are just dedicated to serving the community. And so we, you know, that's just kind of how it keeps going on the backs of these awesome volunteers. Yeah, so... 
this is only one facet of your church, this, you know, this one, um, this one service. So are there, it sounds like you have like a lot of members involved. What's the membership engagement? Do you have like a lot of cross collaboration with different ministries within your church? Cause it seems like it's kind of requires all hands on deck. Yeah, no. So crazy enough um, of, I would say the hundred volunteers, um, probably 70% of those volunteers are not members. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, I would say the core of it mm-hmm. are members, right? But what has happened is um, we have partnered up with um, other churches have heard about what we're doing. They weren't built for the pandemic. And some pantries were open, but they weren't built for the pandemic. So they closed down Hmm. because their volunteer base was made up of of older members, uh, retirees. And so they were at risk, so they couldn't serve. And so what happened was we ended up absorbing a lot of those volunteers Hmm. from different places, including collegiates. Um, who weren't in school, they were doing online stuff, including high schoolers, they're online. So, you know, they were opened up to able to volunteer. So, so that's kind of how, you know, I would say 30%, you know, maybe 35% is made up of our church members. But the majority of our volunteers come from everywhere from all walks of life. We have a website that people come to, they sign up and every week, every Tuesday, um, you know, we utilize those volunteers. So, yeah. Have you ever been in short supply for, uh, for volunteers? Um, that, yeah. So that's, I'm not the volunteer coordinator, but I have a young adult that's, um, in our church. She's a young adult leader. Her name is Jenny Silva, tremendous leader. She is our volunteer coordinator. So it's, it's, it, you know, so we kind of, I work with her and, and just making sure that we get these volunteers. So we're, I always feel like we're short. We're, we're <laughs> always short. Okay. Cause I always feel like, man, Lord, we could use a hundred people today. <laughs> yeah. But uh, during the pandemic, you know, we had about 80 to 90 people serving on the Tuesday, but since everything is kind of got back to flowing again, you know, so our volunteer base is like 40, 50. So we were running it with more than that. Now it's like 40, 50. I'm happy if we get 60. So we could always use volunteers. And I think my, my faith is kind of tested every week. Mm. As I see the volunteers coming, some of them sign up, but a lot of them don't so you never know what you're getting so if it's yeah. a rainy day if it was like a 20 degree day this past tuesday oh wow um, you, you know you don't know if you're gonna get people or not but uh yeah it was it's uh but it's been good it's been Ooh, good. God's 20 been degrees good. my goodness and you still have the same amount of people coming to get food i'd imagine the 20 degrees isn't stopping patrons that's right we have served in rain, sleet, uh, cold weather, warm, hot weather, you know, in the summer. Uh, but the need is, continues to be great. And so people still line up. And so they still expect us to be there to serve. And so we are there every Tuesday. We have small, uh, a smaller version of our mobile pantry on Sundays and Fridays. But, um, but, but this is our big one is the one that we do on, uh, on Tuesdays. 
How have your immediate neighbors talking about physical, you know, neighbors in terms of if there are any homes on the road, any other retail stores, you know, you have these hundreds maybe or thousands of cars lined up on a Tuesday, you know, what, what was that like navigating, you know, that? Yeah. Yeah. So it's been a learning experience for us and our neighbors because, you know, it's, it's important to be good neighbors. Mm-hmm. And we believe in that. So when, when it was developing and, and I re, I distinctly remember this Tuesday where it seemed manageable, everything we were doing, and then all of a sudden, like the stay-at-home order took place on a Monday. And on that Tuesday, it exploded hmm. to like 4,500 people. We, you know, so we, wow. we do track. It's, it's, it's like a, it's, it's, it's a very easy process. You just give us your last name and how many people are in your family. And that's all, no ID required. You know, we're, we're there to just get the food out to the people. But for some of our recording purposes, mm-hmm. um, documentation wise, you know, we just need a last name and numbers in your family. So, so our neighbors, so when that happened, the police was getting, they were getting phone calls like crazy. <laughs> like, hey man, all these people, these lines, we don't know what's going on. They're mm-hmm. blocking our driveway. And we hadn't really... Um, put in place a traffic team, control team in the neighborhood. So it was a ner- learning thing for us too. Yeah. So they got well, the police was called, all kinds of phone calls. These <laughs> cars showed up, like a few squad cars showed up. Their lights on. Oh my goodness! What a scene. <laughs> I know they pull up and they're like, "Who's in charge?" And everybody's like, "Him, him, right?" So I rolled <laughs> over there and I was like, I was nervous. Yeah, of course. Um, and I- I was nervous. I was like, hi, how can I help you? And they're like, you know, they're like, what the heck? What is going on here? What are you doing? And I was like, uh, we're, we're just trying to serve food to people. So they looked and they saw all the food and the pallets and all the stations and then all the cars lined up and it was just out in the neighborhood blocking. It, it, it went for a mile and a half away from the church, the traffic was, was out there. And because we weren't organized for it, people were just coming in. How do I get in line? So people were just getting in line from everywhere, Mm -hmm. blocking the traffic lights and everything. So the police came in and, and I just looked at them and I said, um, just tell me what to do. I don't know what to do. (laughs) They're like, they said, well, can you call them and let them know? I was like, I don't know. We don't have their information to call them. These people mm-hmm. are literally coming off the streets to get food. Um, some had already, you know, businesses were already experiencing, you know, slowdown in businesses. And so anyhow, so um, right away, you know, I said, you know, so anyhow, long story short, <laughs> we had a planning um, the police did their job, helped us. I mean, they were tremendous Overland Park police. They came out, they started doing traffic and everything that it needed to do. And then we immediately that day, actually the next day, we had a meeting to go over and they had an expert. It's a traffic control expert in the sheriff's department. Oh, wow. So they came over, yeah, we sat down and we said, okay, okay, how can we do this? We love what you guys are doing. We want to mm-hmm. support what you're doing. Um, our our uh, city officials, uh, administrators within the city are saying we 
you know, help them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The police department was helping us. And so we put something in order in the following week. And then every week after that, um, till today, and we're talking about what, eight months later, you know, they always have a police presence. there helping us with the traffic. So everything is smooth. Now our neighbors love us. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I don't have the letters, but every week, you know, we have neighbors stopping by. Mm. Thank you for what you're doing. Here's a little gift card. Continue doing what you're doing, you know. And then we had to do some uh, some PR. You know, we sent notes out in, into the neighborhood, and this is what's happening. And we'd love to give you food if you need it as well. Mm -hmm. But I think we've been working, you know, really closely together with our neighbors to make sure that you know we are able to continue serving and not uh, making it a huge hassle for our neighbors as well. But but they've been tremendous. They've been tremendous. Wow. I, I'm just like reimagining that scene, you know, of like all these people coming, all that food there and police sirens, but I'm so glad it all worked out and it's continuing to work out smoothly. Um, but I, I want to ask a brief question in terms of how did all those people know to come to you basically overnight? Are they referred by your local county? And, you know, how, how does that work? Yeah, I, great point. Um, I think um, what happens is uh, for example, if, if, if you're a church, there's just, there's a social work aspect that we as pastors already have mm -hmm. when our church members need something, you know, you're just aware, oh yeah, that, that, uh, that place over there is where you can get food. Oh, that place over there, you can get, um, you, you know, you're able to, you can apply to get services for your electricity, you know, mm. if you're getting ready. So you, you just kind of learn that instinctively as a pastor. And so you try to point people that way. I think that there's a lot of that that happens out there in the community mm. where people have recognized that we are a church that you can get food from. So I would say one, it's definitely word of mouth. Secondly, um, we didn't know this, but the big experience that happened that one day I was telling you about where mm -hmm. it was just like crazy was a, uh, a radio station um, had gotten on and announced, hey, if you guys need food, there's this place, very easy to get food. You just get in line and they'll just drive through and they'll fill your trunks up with food. So that radio station started advertising that for a day, the day before. Wow. And so that was a big part of it. And cause we tried to take, do surveys. We're like, Hey, how did you hear about mm -hmm. it? Um, and then also our big partners, Harvesters. Harvesters is the big distribution company, uh, nonprofit organization for foods. So Walmart sends them their stuff. Uh, all, all these different grocery stores and all these, they send their food items to these people. And then from there, they distribute out to pantries, organizations. And so we're a pantry that receives stuff from harvesters. So harvesters has a website and people sign up there and they know not only can you receive food there, you can also volunteer there if you'd like. Are you guys planning to do anything um, specifically for the holidays, any specific uh, item, food item or anything else you're putting in you know, their trunks, you know, anything, any adjustments made for specifically for the holiday season? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we just finished our Thanksgiving, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, 
Rush. And so that was pretty cool. Uh, we partnered up and, and this is by far, I've been working, doing a lot of uh, turkey drives and different things, but this was by far the biggest one I've been involved in. We did about just right under 700 turkeys um, on our turkey drive that we did for Thanksgiving. Yeah. So we did a lot of deliveries and involved a lot of volunteers coming in, taking them to people's houses to kind of personalize it, ringing the doorbell, leaving the box there and just kind of stepping back for social distance. And mm-hmm. they open the door and they're like, hey, we had heard um, that you folks needed um, a food basket. It has a turkey. It has a whole Thanksgiving thing going on there. And so people have been grateful for that. We're probably preparing to do the same thing for Christmas. Um, and we're going to do food baskets. But um, but there are turkeys involved in different things. But nothing specifically um, um, like like we were for Thanksgiving, you know, we, um, you know, because we just do so much food, you know, this past week we did uh, about 3,300 this week on Tuesday. And I kind of throw those numbers out, but it's like, those are real numbers because we have to track and count those mm-hmm. numbers. That's kind of a requirement, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it's been a good thing. Um, and, um, and so as far as our reporting, you know, we need those numbers to always be accurate. So we're busy. We, we feel like, you know, for Christmas, it's like, we'd love to do more, but we're doing quite a bit right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What has surprised you most throughout this whole uh, pandemic season? Um, uh, I, I would say the thing that has surprised me more than anything is people's level of love and compassion for their fellow neighbors Mm. with no expectation for recognition, um, tax deductible receipts. Nah, I don't need it. You know, here's, here's a $200 gift card, grocery card, card, Mm -hmm. please, you know, buy some stuff. Well, can I take your name and no, no, it's okay. They're dropping off checks. They're uh, coming in, they can't afford that. So they come in, I'm gonna serve, you know, for three hours on Tuesday. Like that has been the biggest surprise to me that when those who are in need are in need, there are so many people who are in need themselves who are thinking not of themselves or they're thinking of others. So they come and they help serve. And I'm looking at them and I saw what they drove in. Some of them get dropped off and they come to volunteer. And so we put in place something because we recognized it as we were watching that our volunteers needed the food themselves. Wow. So that has been the biggest thing for me and and probably the most inspiring thing too, you know, is to see that a lot of people are thinking of others before they think of themselves. Wow. About how long do you think, you know, it it seems like, you know, we're going to deal with this um, pandemic for a while, but even after, you know, vaccines and all that, and maybe start to see the economy bounce back at some time in the future, not sure, but how long do you think you'll be serving these high numbers of people? Um, You know, so we work with all those organizations that I mentioned and Harvesters, um, the the big parent company that helps us with this. I mean, they're a primary 
resource for us for a lot of things. Um, and so one of the things that they have said to us is, you know, they come to us and they say, hey, you've been doing this every week. Can you do this for the next three months? Then it went to six months. And then it went to, can you just do this through the end of uh, 2020? We've already had that discussion. And our belief is that the effects of this pandemic will, you know, as far as food um, insecurity, we believe it's going to be for another year. So mm. we we're committed with the city and with our partners that we'll continue going at this rate uh, for the next year uh, to serve the community, you know, every Tuesday, you know, rain or shine. <laughs> wow, another year. That's yeah. incredible. Um, if someone wants to keep up with your pantry, if they want to see, you know, they may not live in your area, they want to see what you're doing, um, you know, go to a website, what website or a Facebook page, how can they keep up with you? Yeah, absolutely. We have our website. It's newhavensda.org. And on there are all the ministries that are within the church. And uh, so Renewed Hope is what we call our food pantry. It's Renewed Hope Food Pantry. And from there, you can click on there and you can get all the information. Uh, people obviously are able to donate um, and we, you know, we can uh, give them a tax deductible, uh, you know, receipt for tax purposes. Um, but there's also opportunities there for those who are in the area to consider um uh, volunteering, um, you know, in various things, you know, I mean, we're always needing, especially in this world of technology and, um, virtual, um, you know, we would love to have, I mean, we can, even people who don't live necessarily in Kansas, you know, we, we would love an expert to help us with our website, an expert to help us with, uh, you know, just some of those things, you know, our social media presence, you know, we're on the, we're on, I just sounded old. We're on the Facebook. <laughs> We're on the Insta tweet. <laughs> oh my goodness, I did that. Um, and, uh, anyhow, no worries. Tweet. Yeah. We're so, on Facebook, Instagram, yeah, renewed uh, um, New Haven Seventh Day Adventist Church. Yeah. Yep. So newhavensda.org is yeah. how they could go to the website and, you know, and for folks listening and watching, you know, you heard him, he's, they're going to be operating for at least another year with the same uh, robust operation. So yeah, I encourage anybody to go to the website and see how they can help assist this ministry. Um, any final thoughts on this? Um, no, I just, uh, first of all, thank you so much um, for, allowing us to be on your platform. I think that that is a way that we can continue um, as our church, continue growing our presence to be able to keep moving this ministry forward. You know, we, uh, we do, we've done two um, uh, testing uh, dates that, that we do for COVID-19 free testing, you know. Oh, so wow. So we do that. Um, we were, I was just in a meeting yesterday. So we're launching um, in January. Well, we've been doing this already, but we do blood drives as well with the Red Cross. And um, so there's COVID testing during that time as well. So I think, I think just keep us in your prayers and thank you for allowing us to be on your platform. I think that allows us to get the word out that 
Um, we're here to serve this community. And if you need what we have to offer, we're here for you. Yeah. And like your hat says, we live to bless others. Oh, shout yeah. out to Pastor Soli. He's in California. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. He pastors out there. And that's the motto of their church. And so I was like, that is such a great motto because perfect. Yeah. 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 Thank Mark, you. thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you for tuning into this episode of NAD News Points on the Air. News Points on the Air is edited, produced, and hosted by me, Milan Medley. This program's executive producers are Dan Weber, Julio Munoz, and Kimberly Moran. And the graphics were by Jonathan LaPointe. You can listen, watch, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Once you're there, be sure to leave a five-star rating, nothing less, and leave a glowing review. Also, speaking of subscribe, make sure you've subscribed to News Points, a weekly online digital newsletter with news stories, ministry resources, and special announcements. Go to NAD Adventist, excuse me, NADAdventist.org, and then click on News. That's NADAdventist.org and click on News. If you have questions for me, send them to ontheair at NADAdventist.org. That's ontheair at NADAdventist.org. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time.